This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Now it's time to talk about the politics of climate change. We know the world is getting hotter and the storms are getting bigger and the seas are rising. What we need to know now is not what climate will do, but rather what we should do. Because for us, climate change is a political problem. For comment, we turn to Alyssa Bodistoni. She's a PhD candidate in political theory at Yale and an associate faculty member at the Brooklyn Institute for Social Research. She's on the editorial board of Jacobin. She also writes for Dissent, N Plus One, and The Nation. Alyssa Bodistoni, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Well, there's several new books out now about the future that awaits us if we continue on our present course. These books sum up the state of scientific knowledge of climate right now. The idea is that knowledge will motivate people to support the political steps necessary to change course and and reduce the most extreme possibilities. One of the most controversial approaches is written by Nathaniel Rich. It's a book called Losing Earth. His argument is a a little different. He says, we should have taken action at the end of the 70s because we knew everything we needed to know about climate change by 1979. And he asked the question, why didn't we take the action we needed when we first knew we had to do something? He says we had something close to a blank slate in the spring of 1979. Everyone knew, but no one did anything. Therefore, we are all responsible for the disaster that faces us, And we need to understand why we didn't take action 30 years ago. New York Times Magazine devoted an entire issue to that argument. First time they've ever done anything like that. What do you think of that argument? Everyone knew in 1979, but no one did anything. So it's everyone's fault. It's an argument that I find pretty frustrating because I think it really does a lot of work to cover up the question of who has power in these situations. He's saying, no, it's not, it's not just that we need to, we need to learn the science, which I, I agree with. I don't think we need to just kind of like go over again and again that we know that climate change is happening. We do know it's happening. But his, his response to that, which is to go back and sort of look at, um, this period in the 70s and the 80s when a, a pretty small group of scientists and policymakers and folks mostly kind of working within establishment DC politics try to take action on climate change and fail. He takes from this, this lesson of, of a pretty small group of people um, acting to sort of act on on this knowledge of climate change that that we did in fact have uh, as early as as the late 70s. He he draws from this lesson um, the fact that they failed to you know enact meaningful climate policies. Um, a lesson that you know none of us ever would have. Uh, you know, it's it's in human nature. This came through pretty strongly in the New York Times Magazine piece. Um, this kind of suggestion that human nature is is ultimately responsible for for climate change or for failure to act on climate change, that we would never accept sacrifices, that democracies are incapable of looking into the future, all of these things. And I think he does a lot to let specifically um, the fossil fuel industry off the hook, political backers that uh, join the fossil fuel industry and trying to restrict uh, environmental regulations and to override democratically imposed environmental regulations in the early 80s, in that you know beginning of the Reagan era. His argument is for 30 years we knew climate change was coming, but we did nothing. You're suggesting we need to look more closely at the we in that sentence. There's 
you and me, and then there's the people who ran Exxon. Yes, absolutely. He says there's a climate campaign or refrain, um, Exxon knew, and that's saying Exxon, this major uh, oil and gas company, knew that climate change was happening very early on, and there's evidence that they, they did know in the 70s and 80s that climate change was happening. They were doing internal research, and they were thinking about it, and, they, and, and he does describe briefly this point um, when the fossil fuel industry decides to start fueling um, skepticism, what we now would think of as climate denial. But he sort of equates that, this, this corporation whose entire business model uh, is threatened by the fact of climate change, by the fact that its product is likely to cause these like really apocalyptic effects planet-wide. He compares that knowledge and, and intentional decision to not only not act, but to defer, delay, make action more difficult. He treats us being the same as somebody who might have read uh, you know, a sort of newspaper article in the late 80s. And there were, you know, there were made mainstream news articles and reportings and things like that um, in the uh, in the 80s and the 90s. You know, there have been many, many stories about how climate change is happening and going to do something. But, you know, this incredibly powerful company is compared to sort of you or I might read an item in the newspaper and say, oh, that sounds very worrisome. What should I do? <laughs> Yeah, let's look a, a little deeper at this this notion everyone knew climate change was was coming. Let's take you for example. What did you know about climate change in the 80s? <laughs> yeah, well that's uh uh I did not know very much about climate change in the 80s cuz I was a child for most of the 80s. So uh you know, it was certainly not a thing that was very much on my radar uh until, you know, until the 2000s and really until I say something like Hurricane Katrina for me personally. I think that's also uh, a real failure of Rich's narrative, which is he sees he's he's describing this political story but it's only of these this very small group of of elite who are not interested in building a, a larger movement, connecting to people who are doing grassroots organizing around environmental justice or around uh, economic justice or these other kinds of organizing that people are doing in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s that um, could be broadening that message about climate change beyond this small group of people who are trying to just sort of fix it by appealing to like the sense of common humanity or whatever, which does not, it turns out, work. And I want to go back to the argument that maybe it's just human nature. If you say the problem is, why didn't we do anything when we first knew about this at the end of the 70s, one of the answers he comes up with, I'd say is number one answer, as you have said, is maybe it's just human nature. Maybe it's human nature not to take the long view. Maybe it's human nature not to want to make sacrifices short-term for long-term benefits. But if we do blame it on human nature, where does that leave us politically at this moment? Yeah, it, it does frame it as a, the, we all have to sacrifice in the present in order for there to be a future, a better future, whatever, um, which I don't think is necessarily true. Uh, I think there are a lot of things we could do about climate change, and I think the you know the Green New Deal is trying to get at some of these, but that could actually improve a lot of people's lives in the present and into the future. And thinking about climate change in those terms is, is I think, really important for countering this kind of narrative. But I think there's also this move some people make where it's like, okay, there's this like really horrific like climate change is this apocalyptic thing. This must say something about humans across time. It must say something about human nature. The fact that there has been as much warming, as much carbon emitted in the past 30 years as there were in all previous human history seems pretty hard to reconcile with this idea that across all time, human nature has been such that, you know, we would never deal with any problem. Like, it's clearly 
a problem that has accelerated very drastically in a very short amount of time. And so we should think about, well, why is that? What, what happened in that time? What are the specifics of history and politics in that time that we can actually think about and do something about? Um, and I think that's really imperative because um, otherwise we just kind of like shrug our shoulders and say, well, this is just too bad. It's too bad humans are sinful or something like that, which I, I don't think is um, either right or politically helpful. And if our political task is to change human nature, that seems a little more daunting than fighting the uh, Exxon uh, lobbyists in Washington. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And what people have thought human nature consists of has changed a lot <laughs> over yes, time. And I think thank it you. is pretty historically malleable. So I don't think we should we should have this kind of idea that there's like a fixed human nature that just determines like what we do at all. And I think instead, you know, we need to be like, no, we there are actually are there are divisions and um, certainly not all all people are responsible for or complicit in climate change. That's true. We all do rely on a, a fossil fueled <laughs> system. That doesn't mean that we can just sort of like wash our hands of it or personally exempt ourselves. We have to change the entire structural apparatus of fossil fuels in which we live. Uh, and I think that is also very connected to capitalism. Um, and so we have to look at that more broadly and, and think about how we politically act on that. And, and yes, like, uh, go after <laughs> the people who have intentionally, uh, you know, people, corporations, uh, that have because, you know, I mean, and they're not, it's not because they're evil either. It's because their business model is based on selling this commodity that has really quite shocking environmental and social consequences. They're not gonna, they're not just gonna give up and go bankrupt. So we have to, you know, fight them, uh, out of business. And that's gonna be very hard. But I think that the only way to do that is by actually being angry about that. Instead of just saying, well, you know, Exxon knew, but we knew too. So don't get too upset about them because it's actually, you should look you know, look at yourself or something like that. I think that's like completely the opposite of what we should be thinking right now. <laughs> Get angry at the fossil fuel companies. Alyssa Battistoni, you can read her new piece, The Inescapable Politics of Climate Change at thenation.com. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. 